Christians commonly refer to Jesus Christ or the Messiah, Jesus' sacrificial death and sequential resurrection are often referred to as the gospel message or the good news. In short, the gospel is the news of God the Father, eternal victory over evil, and the promise of salvation and eternal life through divine grace. So in our day and age, many preachers will tell you to walk down the aisle, say a prayer to be saved. But is that really how you can know God? My feelings on it is absolutely not. I didn't choose God. God chose me. And God makes no mistakes. No mistakes. Many churches believe that you need to do something got to take communion or get baptized, but salvation isn't in a prayer or proximity to the pulpit or even church ordinance. And I believe everybody that is saved needs scriptural baptism. Everybody that is saved ought to make it publicly known. Everybody saved and belong to church, you ought to support that church with your talents with your tithes and offerings, with every facet that God has given you. I don't like the term, well, the preacher wants me to do this, so I'll do it. What if I'm wrong? I want to do this because God's word says it. In order to accept Christ as your Savior, you need to know some information about God. You need to know some information about God. In order to accept Christ as your Savior. Most people know about God. More and more. There's more people think that I've talked to anyway that believes that the end is near. And that's why of the night, I think Wednesday night or something, I mentioned there's a few things. Could Jesus come today? Amen. But according to the scriptures, there are a few things that the Bible says will be in place, uh, like the new temple. Sacrificing of the red heifer. And we could go on and on a few details. But uh, how long would it take God to build that temple? How long would it take God to take one of those five red heifers they got over there pinned up to make that red heifer ready? Never doubt God. But We say because of humanity, the Lord is on his way, the way humans treat each other, you know. But he's coming. The question is, 
Are you ready? Are you ready? We want to look at three things right off the bat. We want to look at God, man, and Jesus Christ. According to Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 27, and we won't read the 27 verses, but I encourage you to, that God is the creator of all things. Didn't happen with the Big Bang. Didn't happen the way so many people are being, being taught. God said, let there be, and there was. The same God that spoke this earth into existence can take any health problem in this room and demand it to leave the body, and he can do it. But when we get sick, we ask our best friends and neighbors, who's a good doctor? Dr. Jesus is a doctor. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't go doctor, you know. Humanly speaking, I wouldn't be living if I didn't have, you know, heart surgery and different things. We're not saying that. But we need to ask ourselves, who does the healing? Christ. Without the healing, it makes no difference how successful the surgery is. According to Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah the 6th chapter, we see here Isaiah 6 verse 1. In the year that King Uriah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his queen filled the temple. Above it stood the serpents. Each one had six wings, and twain did cover his face, and with twain covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. whole earth, and the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6 said, Then flew one of the serpents unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. Woe is me. I'm undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. There's not a man, woman, boy, or girl that deserves to go to heaven because of their ability. 
You can't be good enough. You can't know enough. You can't give enough. But all of those that I could go on and mention, we want to do. I've never got upset at the end of the year and I look what I gave to the Lord. I always wonder, couldn't I have done better? I read the Bible through every year. I've never said that's a waste. But I thank God that my pleasure, my my pleasure reading, you know. Everybody got reading that they call that's my pleasure. I just read because of pleasure. You realize what God could do with you if you read and studied and prayed over the word that much? Especially in the summer, I mean, you know. What the world is on TV that is even decent to watch? I mean, especially if you're like me and you got ABC, NBC, and CBS, bad, bad, better. You know, no, it's bad, better, and baddest. There's nothing to watch. What a perfect opportunity to say, I'm going to read my Bible through. Because to follow God, you need to know God. There are people following preachers and and following churches that have no idea what the preacher believes, what the church stands for. One of our ex-members was a blessing. I mean, she, she was just a blessing. Got a thorn up her side, I guess, and you know, so she went from uh, Ammon Road Baptist Church to a Catholic church to a Presbyterian church. But she finally hit the big time. She's out here at Cornersville at the Entertainment Center. Those are not churches, people. Church is where the word of God is preached. And people get excited. Not that I do too much. I want more to do. Not that I pray too much. I want my life to be a life of prayer. God is the righteous judge of man's sin. I think this is something that we really, Christians, lost people, all of us ought to realize that one day this God who died upon the cross for my sin, he's going to be my judge. He's going to straighten me out at the judgment seat of Christ when my whole life has flowed right before me. So well, I'll, I know I'd love Jesus. Well, do you love for him and your effort meet? Are they on the same level? We need to ask ourselves, how much do I really 
truly love Jesus. God is the righteous judge of man. But we're more concerned about what people think than we are about what God thinks. Can I get an amen? Amen, brother. That's the gospel truth. People that talk about you shouldn't even count. They can't pray for you. Come on now. You're out here talking about people. You can't pray for them. You may think you can, and somebody may have told you you can. Give me chapter for that. God hears not the prayer of a sinner, and gossip is sin. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 9. Psalms chapter 9 and verse 7. God said, But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall menace judgment to the people in uprightness. You know what God's going to judge you with? This. He said, oh, he'll use himself. That's what he is, the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Any scripture I've read this morning in Sunday school or here in the preaching service, if God was here and was, was preaching, he would use the same word. So God is the creator of all things. God is perfect and holy. God is the righteous judgment of man's sin. You ever been called to the home of a person who's got a beautiful young lady and God told her you need to be a man? What do you do? Well, I just stay quiet. I don't want to cause no trouble. God didn't say that. God created a male and female created he them. And they'll always be that way. You can do all the changes you want to. Now let's look at man. Man was created in God's image, but fell into sin. Romans 5.12 Man, when we look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, we see here that God said, Wherefore, as by one man sin enter into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We sin in Adam. Wasn't my fault. 
Ever since then, I sinned because I choose to sin over being right with God. I want to be popular. All men have sinned and transgressed God's law. Same book here. Turn back a couple of chapters in Romans chapter 3. And you see here in Romans 3, verse 23, God says here, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what that verse says? Yeah, you said read it, Pastor. Do you know what it says? No man can get to heaven on his own merit. All men have sinned and come short. And I've had them sit down in their living room and tell me, but preacher, I'd go to church. I'd give. I'd pray. The only thing I do is that I have my nightly toddy. And if I'm feeling bad, I'll smoke a joint, but not enough to bother me. And I don't do it in public. So, so that's the key. Get you a hiding place, sin as much as you want to. And you think God's going to accept that? Come on. Man can do good works, but he is unable to save himself from God's judgment. I will stand before God and give an account of every sermon that I've ever preached. So to be on the safe side, I wouldn't preach the way I preach. I would just have three little points and a poem. I know how to preach that way. but I would be the one preaching, not letting God preach through me. Man can do good works, but he's unable to save himself from God's judgment. Isaiah 64, 6 says that clearly. When you look at Isaiah, you know, that in the 64th chapter, You're going to stand before God. I don't know where people, I don't know what preacher, what Sunday school material, what people has taught that to think, you know, I'm just going to leave this earth and God's going to take me all the way up to heaven and hey, that's, that's wonderful. But if we want to get really down to earth, we're going to see our life flow before us. God already sees it. I've said it time and time again. All of these nightclubs and beer joints and uh, filthy little places where you can go see naked women and naked men, they all got a front door and a back door. The back door is for Christians. 
They think that they go and sit out in the car and, you know, I had a man tell me the only reason I know. He said, I, I go to these places, but I don't want you know, everybody to know it, so I just go around back and I park, and when nobody's moving, I just slip in the back door. And God didn't see you, right? God read your mind when you was thinking about doing it. Sister Jean and I was talking the other day on the phone. Her and Dora used to, all these little movies, you know. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to go anywhere and get a movie that don't have at least one or two cuss words in it. So they started them out young. Now, you know, I don't let my child watch these real bad shows, uh, you know, where they take the Lord's name in vain, but use all that four-letter words you want to, and you're going to stand before God, parent, and God's going to ask you what I'm just asking you now. Why do you do it? Well, you know, that's what they want to watch. Yeah, the drug addict wants drugs. You don't give them to it. And you change it. You can bring them up right, and when they leave home, and it's such a roll of the dice. It may have taken, it may have not taken. But you don't answer for that. You answer for what you taught them. I'm not going to answer the way I preach what y'all do with it. I'm going to stand before God and say, this is what I preach and what I believe I can show you in the Bible. God will not hold me responsible whether you believe it or whether you act upon it. So there was God, there's man, then there's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God, the creator of all things. Turn with me to the book of John. Let's look at John chapter 1, very beginning of John. Let's read the first three verses. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, you got the Word of God. Three, four weeks ago, I made a hospital visit. Some friend of mine was having surgery. So I sat out in the waiting room, and uh, some of his family was there, and I could tell by the rain that he was a mason. And he looked at me, and he said, some preachers preach against the mason. I 
I said, well, uh, have you ever read John 1.1? 1, 1? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. I believe to be safe, and I practice this myself. Don't make me any better than anybody else. Don't make me worse than anybody else. I try to belong to everything that the Lord belonged to. And the only thing I find that he belonged to was the church. And he built that. Now, I may have gone too far, but I believe I'm on safe ground. People said, that's my father-in-law. He called me aside. He's a 23rd degree mason. He said, I'm concerned about my daughter if something happens to you. And if you belong to the Masons, the Masons will take care of my daughter and your wife. I said, I got one better. God will take care of my wife. Amen. Now, most people don't agree with that, but if you're ever interested in what they really believe, uh, when we was over the brother from New Providence, we started a mission work over at uh, uh, Carlisle. And the third floor of that building was the Masons' headquarters. They left, you know, Masons have fights just like Baptists, you know. Get a group of people together, somebody's going to get the wrong thing in their mouth or understand it wrong or whatever. <laughs> I'd call up the man that's, uh, and I may have uh, told this before, but I enjoy telling this. Listen, bear with me. And I asked him, I said, all those books up here on the third floor, what are you going to do with them? And he said, I hope you all take them or you can have them. I've got Mason minutes. I've got Mason books. I mean, you know. So when I talked to my father-in-law, I gave him the Mason hands, handshake. And are you a Mason? No, no. I'm not a preceiver, but I know what the priest believes. I'm not a Methodist, but I know what the Methodists believe. I'm not a Church of Christ preacher, but I know what they believe. How can you effectively preach to somebody if you don't know what they believe? If they profess to be saved. It's my duty as a citizen. Jesus became a man, died as a sacrifice of sin, rose from the dead to sit at the right hand of God. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 6, <laughs> we're all waiting for the Father to say, Son, go bring my children home. Go bring my children home. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. God says here in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved, 
The first part of verse 2 tells us what? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. To be saved, you've got to hear the gospel. You've got to believe the gospel. If you want to be blessed, you've got to receive what you heard, and you've got to stand in it. Amen. I'm not adding anything to that verse. Isn't that what it says in verse 1? Did I read it accurate? By which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain. A lot of people have believed in vain. Oh, I was saved early. I was saved. I've been saved a long time. I still believe what I believe today. God saved me. Only thing I'm thankful for, I understand a little bit more. I know a little bit more. The gospel don't change, it just get deeper. That's what study does, it takes you deeper. God said in verse 2, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory. It tells me it's possible to think you're saved and you forget what you heard, you forget, you know, so now, you know, well, I don't believe that anymore because I've learned. You learn from who? Been watching YouTube? <laughs> you know, when I'm bored, I just turn over something up and see those men and women running down the aisle, this aisle, running down that aisle, running down that aisle, doing flips and just, you know. Is that what we want? Or do we want to hear the word of God? Well, Brother Lance, according to you, <laughs> you don't think anybody's saved except Baptists. Oh, you give me too much credit. I don't even think all Baptists are. When you have a man or woman that's been saved 30 years, they're not sick. There's nothing. I mean, they're able to go play golf. They're able to play tennis. But, I mean, Brother Banks, we work hard. We work six days a week. What's that guy do when not going to church on Sunday? God said, not Brother Banks. He said in verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to scriptures, and was seen of Cephas, then of the well. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are falling asleep. Some have died. But they're not in the grave, you know. I 
Like most people, I've ordered a tombstone for my wife's grave. I wasn't in any condition to order nothing for three, four months. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm just being honest with you. But I ordered one. Hopefully it'll be here, you know, so that when people go by, they say, that's where that saint's buried at. And they'll bring flyers to that saint. And they'll cry over that saint. But wouldn't visit when she was down and out. That's just the way we are. I'm not talking about any particular. That's just the way we are. But I'm telling you, God is not pleased with it. I mean, Kids will go to the grave to see their mom or dad that's not there, but they won't come and visit them while they're living. You tell me that's right, and I'll tell you you're mistaken. Jesus is the Savior of mankind, waiting to receive those who would believe on him. Easiest thing in the world to be saved, if you just want to be saved and, and you have a desire to be saved, then God will save you. He'll put you into the right person the right situation so that somebody will tell you how to be saved. That person will preach the gospel to you. And, and then, this is my favorite. Preacher, do you really think you've got to go to church to be saved? I'm honest with him. No, no. If you're a husband or wife, you don't have to come home to the husband or wife to be married. <laughs> but how long? We know anyone who's been saved any time at all knows that a saved man, woman, boy, or girl that is in the will of God wants to be in church. And they want a preacher that will preach the word of God instead of trying to make everybody feel good. As I told my, my buddy, I don't have to worry about Nashville replacing me because, you know why? Nashville don't own me. I'm talking about the Southern Baptist Convention. They don't own me. They're not going to decide because we haven't had somebody saved every month for the last eight months that he's the wrong man. And I may very well be the wrong man. But they don't know that. You study the word of God. Where I'm going to preach next month down in Alabama. Brother Kelly passed away. He went to heaven. And the men of the church, I just know one that I've talked to several times, but they take turns, have regular service. They take turns. I can't wait to meet those guys.
Brother Al, when I was first saved, I didn't understand this. But if you went before Brian Station Baptist Church on Sunday morning and said you was called to preach, Al said, you can preach tonight. I believe if God called you to preach, you at least give a five minute. It don't have to be an hour of service. I mean, I think anybody saved can give their testimony. Amen. Amen. I can tell you in detail how I felt when I fell in love. I, I fell in love twice. One with my wife and one with Jesus. Amen. And by the grace of God, I was faithful to both. In light of this information, the judgment of God, the inability to save yourself, and the willingness of Christ to accept you as one of his own. It is your responsibility, it is your responsibility to believe the word, study the word, read the word, get saturated with the word. You don't have to know as much as I know or as much as I think I know. All you got to do is just practice, you know. If you've got a baby or grandbaby, stuffed animals, put this stuff in Practice telling that animal how to be saved. I preached the gospel to Ella. I know she's in heaven. She heard the gospel more than most people in Nixon County. You see my point? When I say that, people say, do you really believe Ella's in heaven? Well, I don't know whether she's in heaven or not for sure, but she, she was more obedient than most Baptists. 